0: Uh, Genesis 28, if you find your place, you'll stand with us. <clears throat> we'll begin reading in verse number 10. And the Bible says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haven, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set, he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. He dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places, whither thou goest, will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Jacob waked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he'd put for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that place, uh, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. So that I come again to my Father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach on the blessings of Bethel, or I could entitle it, Is the Church Essential? I, I'm trying, I want to, by the help of the Lord tonight, encourage the people of God and uh, we know that in these days, seemingly church has been frowned upon by many, uh, been looked down on. But I thought about when we look at the scripture and what all the scripture says. Now Bethel means the house of God; it's Hebrew for the house of God. And uh, I, I, I don't think a person ought to be shamed uh, for going to church. Actually, you ought to be shamed for not going to the house of God. I, I know in these days we've looked at, seen several things take place, and and I believe we've done right by taking caution. Uh, but a lot of folks have just completely forgot about the house of God in these days. It was said, there was statistics, uh, they, they took a survey, and out of uh, 48% of the people who... Churches had shut down. 48% of regular churchgoers had not viewed an online service or watched t- uh, church on the internet whatsoever. So we know that, that it's not the same. The Bible tells us, Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a man or some is, and so much so more is the more as to see the day approaching. Certainly we could say that the day is approaching I would say this, our, took, our church took precautions, I know y'all have, and I think that's right. Uh, but when we look at the general attitude by a lot of folks in these days, the church is deemed as non-essential. I appreciate what President Trump said the other day, I do. i tell you what, Obama wouldn't have said that, Amen. and uh, a lot of other leaders wouldn't have said that. And I said, you need to stay closed. But I'm glad for a president that would say that. But had he not said it, it wouldn't matter anyway. The house of God still important. And church is still essential. Uh, the psalmist said in Psalm 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Seems like in these days a lot of people are dreading going to church. Almost a burden to them. I've never felt that way about the house of God, amen, since I got right with the Lord. I've always enjoyed going to the house of God. And uh, I think that ought to be our attitude. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 84 and 10, the psalmist also wrote, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I was looking here in this scripture and we find out about Jacob. Jacob founded a place for his weary soul. Thank God today there's many times I've come into the house of God weary and worn out. Boy, I appreciate the booster shot God gives me when I come to the house of God and the strength that I get from assembling with the saints of God. uh, There's no pastor that could be honest and say that that uh, online church is the same. There's no church member, no born-again Christian that could say honestly that church is the same on the internet. It's just not. And God uh, commanded us to assemble ourselves together as a manner of some, uh, and forsake not ourselves, assembling ourselves together as a manner of some is. So much more as you see the day approaching. You say, preacher, you believe you ought to go to church three times a week. I believe if you're able to. You ought to go seven times a week. Or even eight times a week. And I've missed a lot of meetings this in these last few months. I have. Uh, it's been distressing to me, to be honest with you. I, I've noticed a, a, just a, a difference in, in my demeanor many times. I, I like to go to a meeting at least once or twice a week and uh, try to if we can. And uh, I, I believe that the children of God ought to have that desire to be in the house of God uh, when the doors are open. I I encourage you to go to every camp meeting you can, every every revival meeting going on, every meeting that your church has. I, I believe we ought to be in the house of God every time the doors are open, if at all possible. And uh, I look here in this scripture, Jacob uh, here, he comes to this place. Now, we know the story of Jacob. Uh, he, he's in a, a quandary, he's in a mess, uh, and uh, he is needing help from God. And I find the place that he finds it at, it's not down at the Moose Lodge. It ain't down there at the uh, social center, but it's at the house of God. Amen, With well, the word of God is being preached in the songs of Zion. Are being sung now. I know we can make application here uh, with Jacob. Uh, I know this is uh, before any the church was uh, ever established. We know that, but God had a plan for the church, and there's some practical application we can make here concerning the house of the Lord. I appreciate the house of God, don't you? There have been many things that happened to me at the house of God. It's the first place, I heard the word of God. First place, I heard the gospel uh, of the grace of God. Amen, God saved one day after I went to the house of God on a Sunday afternoon, Got saved at home. Uh, but it was a result of, of being in the house of God. And uh, I thank God for that. Many a time, God's touched me down at the house of God. I met my wife at the house of God, thank God. I got married at the house of God. Amen, I still believe you ought to get married in the church. Amen, I know some of you may not have. Uh, I'd, uh, listen, if you got married justice of peace or on a ranch somewhere, I'm not blasting it, but I, I wouldn't have my wedding anywhere else. I wanted to be in the house of God when we got married. Hey man, and uh, I can say a lot about weddings right there. Hey man, I don't know what people grow up in all their life. Grow up in the house of God, then when they get married, they want to play rock music and dance at, at their wedding. Listen, that ain't right either. But I thought about the house of God. How precious it is. And I uh, met my wife there. God called me to preach as a result of the house of God. And uh, man, it's where I've raised my family, down at the house of God, where I spend the, uh, the majority of, of our lives uh, is focused uh, and centered around the house of God. And uh, man, it's a focal point of our week. Hey man, we get up on Sunday morning, there's no question. We don't say where are we going today, Daddy. I don't hear that question. And I never questioned my dad, are we going to church today? Uh, did I ever question my mother, are we going to church today? And oh no, it was a well-known thing in our household. Sunday rolled around, we was going to the house of God. Oh, Wednesday, we was going to the house of the Lord. Wasn't no question about it, whether we wanted to go or not. Thank God. that had some parents that took me to the house of God. And uh, listen, uh, I know a lot of kids don't dread it uh, but I want to say this he'll uh, thank God one day that your parents uh, made you and took you to the Lord's house uh, and took you to the house of God and uh, thank God for the house of the Lord thank thank God for it I bless the name of the Lord ain't no other place like it uh, that's exactly right. They know the location. Listen, the lake don't do for me what the house of God does. Hey man, wins and Dollywood and Six Flags and all that don't do for me like the house of God does. I appreciate the church house and we know it's looked down on in these days but God set it up that when we got saved, hey, before we ever got saved, we'd come and hear the preaching of the word of God and uh, come to the house of the Lord. And I, I, I know this, many of you today uh, that are saved, uh, you got saved at the house of God. But I want to say it whether you got saved at home, like I did, or whether you got saved driving down the road in your car, or you got saved in a corn crib somewhere, or in a tree stand, maybe you got saved in the shower, wherever it might have been. Hey man, it was because the house of God, uh, the local assembly, the saints of God, had a part in your life. I appreciate those that have kept have kept the lights on. Thank God for those that's kept the bills paid. Thank God for those that's kept the church clean. Thank God for those that uh, may be insignificant, but I appreciate that. Every person has a part in the house of God. I say thank you today. I say thank you for, for staying with it. I thank you for keeping, being faithful to God's house. At least I as a pastor, I appreciate it when people are faithful to the house of God. I know Brother David does. I know Brother Matthew does. Some of you other brethren here tonight, I know if you ever, some of you may not pastor, but you may one day. Uh, but if you do, you'll thank God for people that are faithful to the house of the Lord and people that, uh, it's their priority. Hey, when church times rolls around, you know they're there. Hey, you ain't wondering from one Sunday to the next whether well, they're going to be at the ball field this week or they're going to be in the tree stand or going to be down at the lake. Hey man, but they're going to be, you know their place. If they're not dead or sick, they're going to be in the house of God. that's where ought to be yes. hey, ought to be no question no whatsoever oh, where what you going on Sunday and Wednesday amen uh, look here at, at Jacob now he's running from Esau and he needs a place uh, to rest at he finds it at the house of God at Bethel I would say this first off when we consider the house of the Lord number one I say it's a focused place it's a, a, a place that is focused. What's it focused on? Well, it's focused on Jesus. Amen. This ladder, of course, represents a, 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 the, the bridge from heaven to earth. Every church, if it's a god fearing Bible-preaching church, it'll be always focused on him. Won't be built on no personality. It won't be built on nobody else, but it's built on him. Of course, we know what the Bible says. Jesus said this upon this rock. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I wanna say I know the world criticizes the church and you've got all these recovering fundamentalists, you've got all these recovering Pharisees, whatever you wanna call them, and they're critical towards the house of God. Let me tell you something about the house of God. I say thank God for it because there's people there. The man of God stood behind the pulpit and preach to me the the, gr- the grace of God and preach to me the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, I appreciate those Sunday school teachers uh, at an early age man uh, they begin to tell us the stories uh, uh, that are found in the word of God and every uh, story thank God for those uh, and I watch the saints of God I watch them uh, and as they, they, they live their lives and uh, listen everybody in church and hypocrites uh, you find somebody with that kind of attitude uh, they got their eyes on man anyway and don't have their eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ uh, but thank God for a place uh, that'll preach Jesus uh, crucified high lifted up thank God and the church is to be focused on him he's the head and without the head the body's dead and the Pope ain't the head of the church never has been no hope in the Pope that's right Hey no hope they can't build your church on the Pope you can't even build your church on a, a pastors a, a, you can't build it on his personality I want to tell you thank God there's been a lot of men that pastored, and listen they're not good orators no sir they how they stutter like I do when you preach and sometimes their personalities are raw. Oh, but man, they've got a message from God and that God's man and they stand behind the pulpit. I mean, their countenance changes, thank God, and their demeanor changes and they get into another zone that they never have been before when they begin to exalt uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, God exalts them to another realm like they never have been before. Hey, you preachers know what I'm talking about. Hey, when God lets you get plugged in and listen, there ain't nothing like hearing a man of God stand behind the pulpit and exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ and brag on what God has done for them and that he'll do the same for you. Thank God for the house of God. Others focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Focused on him. That's right. Focus on Jesus. The ladder was set up. He was the only method of travel. And listen, I know, and as God called me and know, I only hope you got in this world only what things gonna save your children? Only things gonna keep your families together. It's right. And the only thing to keep your homes from busting up and shattering in a thousand pieces uh, on the only way to keep your life right uh, and keep you on the straight and narrow and keep you going for God is to stand up behind the sacred desk and boldly proclaim what thus saith the Lord and magnify uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to tell you, He's a healer. He's a physician. He's the one that's able to fix uh, your issues and your problems. Try, right. You say, preacher, I got problems, I need help. Go to the house of God, where the man stands up behind a, not go to some two-bit psychologist that don't know which way he's going. That's right. I mean, listen, you need counseling, you get it down at the house of God. You need instruction, get it down at the house of God. You need help for your hungry soul, you get it down there at the house of God. That's where help is found. That's right where your help's gonna be found. You say, preacher, I don't know. That Bible just won't do it. I need somebody's ideas and opinions. Listen, my ideas and opinions ain't squat and they don't mean anything. But I'm glad to thank God we can point people yeah. to the one that'll fix what ails them. And listen, that's what our role needs today. Oh, we don't need more religion. That's right. Oh, uh, we don't need more, uh, more, more. Uh, uh, we don't need more ideas and opinions and, and humanistic thinking. But what we need is the preaching of the word of God, Jesus Christ, that He died and was buried and rose again. I thank God. That's the answer in these days. That's the solution. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a focused place. It's a, it was focused on Jesus. It was for Jacob. There was angels of God and descending uh, on this ladder, ascending and descending. In other words, there was correspondence between heaven and earth. When you look at Hebrews, Hebrews uh, uh, chapter one, verse 13, the angel, uh, the men of God are called ministering spirits. Now, angels did two things back in the Old Testament dispensation. uh, Number one, uh, they were sent to minister. Number two, they they were sent to deliver messages. Uh, But listen, if you, I know there's a crowd nowadays that uh, they're looking for angels and they're they're looking under rocks and then they're looking under uh, you know their beds at night and trying to find an angel, the guardian angel. You ain't gonna find. Quit looking. He ain't there. I know he gives us angels charge there but more focusing on uh, that. But but God tells us about uh, the correspondence here uh, between heaven and earth. Uh, Jacob, I believe as he laid his head on his pillow that night, he probably slept like a baby. And I'm not talking about waking up every two or three hours. Uh, But I'm talking about uh, uh, sleeping real good. Amen. And not ever uh, going to bed, laying your head on your pillow at night and rest assured that God's got everything under control, uh, that he he is sovereign. He knows exactly. what he's doing and listen you don't ever know listen the day you miss the house of God the day you miss because you think something is better out there it's not convenient it may be the day that God's given that man of God the message you stand in need of for that hour oh my how many times we come into church in the house of God and we're dragging our lip our bottom lip and we're thinking "And there's no use in going on all of a sudden, a fire breathing. Hey, man! Holy Ghost filled man of God stands up. Oh my! He proclaims, "What thus saith the Lord?" You say, "Been talking to uh, Wardy. How do you know that about me?" I promise you this: He wasn't following you around, but God was giving him a message. Hey, man! There was correspondence. Hey, man! Between heaven and earth, I'm glad. God uses his men, his ministers, to minister to us. That's the way God set it up. Amen. Hey man, you ain't gonna find it Benny Hinn and Joel Osteen. I promise you that. Amen. Hey, man, all these uh, all these nut cases and white jobs. I'm gonna tell you, don't even worry about it. I wouldn't even pay the cable TV to pipe that junk into my house. I'm gonna tell you what you ought to do. And I know you're here tonight and I know this is the cream of the crop. What I'm trying to tell you is how important it is for your spiritual, hey man, your spiritual well-being is to come to the house of God, listen to the men of God, listen to what the preacher says. Hey, God's got a message for you. It's from the word of God. It's a place, this focused, focused place. Number two is the place of the family's prosperity. Verse 13 and 14, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. starts dealing with family immediately. Land whereon thou liest to thee, will I give it to it and to thy seed. He said, I, I'm going to give you, uh, this is for you, Jacob, it's for your family. He said, Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Now shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and, and thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Thank God it's a place of the family's prosperity. I know he's talking here about this land that he's going to give them. And uh, we know that it's their land. It don't belong to the Palestinians, but it belongs to Israel. Amen. But. What he's talking about here at Bethel, what he's going to do for the family. He said, it's at Bethel that I'm going to prosper your family. Amen. And listen, uh, our families are going to do well at the house of God. They're going to do well. I know some people have got off and travel ball and all that. The only good thing about this virus that I can think of at the present moment is it the liquor joints are shut down, yes. the bars are shut down, yes. the theaters are shut down, all the rock and roll concert venues are shut down, and listen, everybody that was going to be playing sports and going instead of going to the house of God, least at least now, not doing that on Sundays anymore. Yes. Amen. And I know when you talk about sports and all that stuff, you get on a you get on a raw nerve. You certainly do, and it's sad that parents try to live a vicarious lifestyle through their children, and their children suffer as a result of that. Listen, if you didn't do good in ball hey, when you was growing up, get over it. Don't try to live your life through your child and try to make them a superstar so you feel good about yourself. I tried to talk my boy. I always wanted to go high patrol. And it got accepted in, in the uh, uh, school down there. And God wouldn't let me go. And I've been trying to talk to my boy. I've talked to him. I said, you know, you might think about going through highway patrol and doing all that. He said, "Then he finally says, you're you trying to live vicariously through me. And I thought, I mean, I said, yes. <laughs> you're, you pinned it right. Hey, when I thought about how that a lot of parents try to live vicariously through their children. Oh, they wasn't a good cheerleader or they wasn't a cheerleader at all. So now they want to push and push their children uh, to achieve certain things and I've seen it ruin those children. Now I'm gonna tell you what y'all push kids do. Hard push them to go to youth camps. Amen. Push them to go to revival meetings, hallelujah. Push them to go on visitation, soul winning. Amen. And, and, and listen, uh, give them a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. I'm gonna tell you, when it all boils down, to, and it, and when it all boils down, all this ball playing and all that stuff's gonna boil down to nothing, it's gonna be like wood, hay and stubble. Amen. Amen. Everybody, well, Tim Tebow's a good... Listen, I wouldn't tell my son to pattern his life after Tim Tebow. You know why? Because he's willing to trade out, willing to sell out for the almighty dollar to miss church on Sundays. Amen. That's always a good, let me tell you what, let me tell you what a good testimony is. You young people, listen to me. You know what a good role model is? It's some old saint of God that stayed faithful to the house of God some old prayer warrior, some old lady, and some dear lady that has put her heart and soul in the work of God, Hey man, that's who needs to be your heroes. Uh, knock some punk wearing. Hey man, can't keep his britches up. Uh, uh, pink haired, purple haired, how uh, with tongues and uh, with, with piercings in his tongues and his ear, uh, it is his hey man, his nose uh, and all that stuff. Uh, hey, the, listen, Miley, Miley Cyrus don't need to be your hero, young lady. Hey man, the Olsen Twins, and I know I'm getting way back there. Uh, but I don't know the new people. Uh, but I'm telling you, all these people that, uh, that uh, you idolize on Disney and all that stuff uh, and you idolize in their rock music and their country music, uh, let me tell you who the real heroes are. It's those who stayed faithful, amen, when tough, uh, uh, times got tough uh, and they had to depend upon God and they trusted God for every facet of their life. I'll uh, make them your heroes, Amen. I want my children to be around some people who know God. Try faith, place of the family's prosperity, place of faithful provisions. He says here, He said, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. We'll bring thee again in this land, for I will not leave thee until I've done that which I've spoken to thee of. You say, is it, it going to work? I'm a living testimony of it. Hey, man, I played a little bit of softball, a little bit of football, but that wasn't the focus when I was growing up. I always knew my daddy instilled it in me. The house of God is the most important thing. Amen. And I've tried to instill that in my children. It's a place of faithful provisions. God's going to take care of you. You might not be a millionaire. And you might not make a six-figure income. But I want to tell you, that's not how blessings are measured. Amen. If you do make a six-figure income, I say thank God. But if you don't, don't ever think that you've been a failure in life. Because success is not based on, on what this world says it is. success is based on what the Word of God declares it to be. And that's loving God, having a heart for the things of God, loving your man of God, loving the word of God, and staying faithful to the work of God. Good success. God's gonna take care of you. I promise he will. I can say that on the authority of God's word. Amen. And this crowd, all they want to do is criticize the church. Hey, Amen. There's a crowd out there that criticizes the church, but who the call when they need somebody to pray for? Who the call when they got a loved one in the hospital that's died? Amen. That's right. They don't call that crowd that's critical of the church. They don't call that crowd that's critical of the man of God. I won't tell you what they do. They don't call the hey man. They don't call the new station. They don't call the Hollywood crowd. They don't call the beer joints. They don't call but they call those who they know can get a hold of God, who can pray a hold through to heaven, and ask God to intercede on their behalf. But I won't tell you. God's been good to me, and God's used the people of God to be a blessing to me. God's been faithful to me through his people. And I don't think we ought to be critical of the house of God. Amen. I've had people tell me and I've them, heard them say, well, nobody reached out to me. And I'm going to say, don't you remember how many times I've called you? Let me tell you this. I know people will be critical in that manner, but don't you worry. God's got a record. Families, prosperity, faithful provisions, it's a fearful place. I've got to hurry. He talks about that. He said, Sir, the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And he was afraid. He said, How dreadful is this place? It's none other but the house of God. I believe the house of God ought to be a place that's reverenced. I could labor a lot on that, but it ought to be a place that's reverence more than anything else. It ought to be a place that we love. It ought to be a place where sinners Amen, come and get our conviction of the sin. In order to be a, a place where you're afraid, to, amen, to, and not to walk the line because you know the pastor, when you come into the house of God, is going to bust your hide. Amen. amen. That, we do need some hide busting in these days. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we grew up, Brother John, Brother Matthew, we first started out, the rougher it got, the better we liked it. Yes, sir. I mean, if there was guts all over the ceiling and the ceiling fan had intestines swinging from it, we was like, "Woo! glory. We like it. And now, the attitude might not have been right if we heard it preached in. What we heard preached was right. I mean, we was against everything. I mean, if it wasn't breathing, eating, and sleeping, and sometimes we was against that. <laughs> right. But our zeal and love, and listen, I know sometimes preachers are young, and I'm not only gonna use this word, learn better, I ain't even gonna say that, sometimes they, they, they mature and figure out, they'll bust everything every time I stand up behind the pulpit, but thank God for a man of God that'll do that, amen, you need to be preached on how you dress, and how you talk, where you go, what you listen to, we need to hear those kind of things, amen, and you need to hear that, hey, God will be faithful to you. Young person, listen, better make sure you pick out the right mate and get the right one that, that loves God. That's right. Hey, find you. Find you. And listen, I know there's some hypocrites out there that'll uh, do the tomfoolery and they'll try to pull the wool over your eyes, but i tell you this, if you'll pray and seek God's face, God will send you the right one. That's right. And I know there's some decept, deceivers in the house of God. I realize that, but you pray and God will give you direction. I wouldn't go anywhere else but the house of God to meet somebody anyway. Right. If they ain't, listen, if they ain't in the like minded church like you are, watch out. A fearful place, firm place. It's a forsaken place. Jacob left here. We're not going to labor on that. It's a funded place. Verse 22 He said, uh, I'll give you. The tenth unto thee uh, you say well man t- tenth man that that's under the law, listen before the law was ever given, the principle of giving ten percent at the house of God was established right here and I believe listen uh that that's a good starting place hey man, you ought to you ought as you mature in the faith, you ought to give more than ten percent uh, they some people if they make $21, 210 dollars 33 they give God $21.03. Round it off to the nearest tenth. Listen, be more generous than that. Hey, Amen. That's right. I mean, if, and when I see people's, and I don't look at tie checks, but I have before. When I see them come in, round it off to the nearest tenth, you know, and then, you know, the big check, and you got 32 cents, I'm like, what in the world? Just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna get off on that. Amen, but take, amen. It's a blessing to give. More blessed to give than receive. And I think, uh, listen, one of the things God dealt with me a long, long time ago, I was sitting in church. I was sitting in the house of God. And God spoke to me just as clear as oh, in my teens, I guess. I just had started working and God said, you know, if you don't start giving, you're a liability to this church. And God put a dagger in my heart. And ever since that day, I've been given a missed out twice. And, uh, we'll buy, you know, uh, later on, but, but God got his money that week. That's right. It's a funded place. It's a foreign place. It's a favored place. Jacob found it to be a place of rest he went astray, told his family to get rid of their gods. Get rid. He said, we're going to the house of God. He went back and, in Genesis 35, and he called it, called it El Bethel, meaning the God of the house of God. Listen, here's the thing about the house of the Lord, the blessed thing about it is. When, it, when you get out of the routine, and, it, and I know sometimes we get in a routine in a rut. And we get to the place where it just becomes like ceremonial. It becomes a a ritual to us. Jacob here goes to the house of God, comes back, and he calls it El Bethel. It's not about the house of God anymore. But it's about the God of the house of God. You know what's going to make church exciting for you? Is if God's there. That's right. That sounds pretty simple, don't it? Well, we I hope that singing group sings tonight. It'll really get on. I'm gonna tell you, I hope God shows up. Then it'll really get on. So I hope that preacher runs well tonight. He might and he might not. But I'll tell you this, if God shows up, if God shows up, the preacher can flop. And every singer can sing out of tune. And you can still have a jam-up service, thank God if God just shows up, if God meets with us. And that's what we ought to beg in these days when we go to the house of God. Oh, God, would you, would you just show up? Go looking for God to show up. Amen. Just like, man, can't wait till we get to church. Six o'clock. Boy, I hope preacher lets us out by seven. Hey, we ought not go to get out. We ought to go to get in. Amen. Now, how I many? if it's dead, you ought to just close up and go to the house. And I want to tell you, we ought to come praying that God would show up. Me and Brother John, my brother-in-law, was talking about this one time. We had a missions conference last year. And man, and the last Sunday of it, boy, we had a jam-up service. And there was a missionary from Alaska there, Brother David Youngblood. Man, he got up and testified. John made this statement. He said, he just brought God with him, didn't he? That's all you can say about that is he just brought God with him. Oh, God, help us in these days to bring God with us. Somebody ought to go get God. And I know he's in us, and I know he dwells in us, but somebody ought to say, hey, we want you to come to church with us tonight. Hey, man, we want you to come to the house of God. You know why? That's a lot of, a lot of folks, it seems like in these days, they're content with just online and virtual church and all that you know why they're content? Because they've went so long without God showing up in the midst that they're in a rut. But I want to tell you, if you ever get, get in a place where God's meeting with you, it's going to be hard to stay away. Yes, sir. It's going to be hard to stay away. So we're to pray God meets with them. I want to tell you what to get your children interested in. Come to church. Hey, man, if God's in that place. Hey, man, I like going where God's at, don't you? Hey, man, I like being in a service where God's at. And God's moving and God's working. I appreciate the house of God, Brother David.